Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Saturday and Sunday, the newest inductee. 
And, of course, we have the big game this week, Kansas City and San Francisco down in Miami, which I am one of the more recent Super Bowls I'm very much looking forward to. And I think I'm looking forward to it more because I don't have any stake in the game. As many of you know, I am a Jets fan at heart, which means I am also root always against the Patriots. I don't have that animosity towards either one of these teams. In fact, I don't have any animosity towards either one of these teams. In what is the Joe Montana Super Bowl, Kansas City, where Joe Montana played his later years, and San Francisco, where he obviously won I don't remember how many Super Bowls. I think it was three, maybe four. I mean, Seth will help me out. I know Steve Young won one, so I think probably four for him. 81, 89, right? 81 was against Cincinnati and Kenny Anderson. 89 was also against Cincinnati and and Cincinnati and Boomer Esiason. And I feel like I'm missing one in the middle. Uh, 89 was the John Taylor one. So hopefully Seth will set me straight. Uh, 80, uh, let's go through these. 82, ah, I don't even remember who won in 82. 83, oh, 83 was San Francisco because they beat uh, Miami with Don Strzok, where I, I thought that that was the Dan Marino Super Bowl, and uh, he, he wasn't even there yet. So they definitely won in 83. 84 was Marcus Allen and uh, the Raiders. 85, 86, and 88 were the Giants. Man, I'm missing who 85 was. Maybe that was them too. I guess, I guess when Seth gets on, he's always good with getting these Super Bowls right down pat. But uh, we'll get to that when he gets on the air in a couple of minutes. And I apologize for his delight. You know, it is getting into busy season for Seth. So things are a little tight when it comes to time. And if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846, especially if you have betting wagers on the game. If you'd like to talk about the game, if you'd like to talk about how you've done all year, your fantasy leagues, your sport, your your pick'em leagues, we're in. I'd like to talk a little bit about the NHL for, until Seth gets here. So the NHL just had their All-Star game, three on three. Probably the most exciting part of hockey is three on three. And the whole All-Star game is based on three on three, based on division. And I think it's outplayed its usefulness. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about next year putting World against uh, North America, which is what it used to be. Even in the three-on-three competition, that seems like a good way to to deal with this. Maybe you go the NBA route in which you get captains and they pick the team. I mean, there's a thousand different ways to do this. But you know the number one thing that everybody wants to see? Just go back to the Olympics. Please, play in the Olympics. The Olympics are the most important thing for some of these guys. They're certainly the most important thing for the countries. And some of the great 
hockey stories have always come out of the Olympics. I'd like to see Gary Bettman and the Players Association and the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, come to an understanding as to how the insurance is going to play down. And I understood Piet Chang, Piet Chong, excuse me, in South in South Korea wasn't the greatest place to uh, to grow the game. Well, China and Beijing, yeah, that's one of those places. You want to be in China. You want to be in Beijing. And I'd love to see that happen. And, I, again, I remember the last time they played in Russia, Seth and I got up at 7 o'clock in the morning to watch T.J. Oshie, what seemed like 25 penalty kills in one game, 25 penalty shots, excuse me, not penalty kills, in a shootout. And it was tremendous. And everybody down in New York at the bars was loving it. And I'd like to see that nationality, especially with what's going on in our country, people coming together over sports. It would be nice. And I think it's possible. I'd just like to see it happen. And we shall see. We shall definitely see where we're coming from in a couple of months. Because that needs to be cited pretty damn soon. Okay, so moving on. From the NHL to the MLB, the Mets have a new manager, Luis Rojas. It was the right thing to do. You had to get rid of Carlos Beltran. Even if it's periphery, you had to get rid of him. We talked about this last week on the show. It was... It looks like the Astros are signing up Dusty Baker. Not sure how much I like that signing. When you have guys like Justin Verlander, the pitching problems that they've had with Lance McCullers and some of the injuries that they've had, you're kind of asking for it here. And Seth has joined the show. Seth, are you here? Hello, Seth. Hello? Hey. Seth. Hey. We can barely hear you. Can you hear me? Nope. Try again. Yeah, but you're very, very low. So perhaps you need to perhaps you need to get closer to the mic. So anyway, we were just talking about Louis. Nope. You're still very, very faint. Okay. So We were just going to dive. Ah, there we go. So we were just going to dive into Kobe Bryant. So Sunday, the the news hits that Kobe Bryant helicopter has gone down. Lots of news reports. Lots of this. Lots of that. And I see this on. I think it was Facebook. Rick Montez had posted something, and I immediately go to TMZ. TMZ confirms it. I call you, and it's like the last few days for sports have been a com- have been in a complete fog. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want me to agree or disagree. I think that's pretty obvious. Well, I can't. I can't. Um, you're you're still very faint. So uh, whatever you're saying, we can't hear it. You can't hear me at all. Any now I can hear you better. Try go with that. 
I'm having, I'm having trouble trying to call him back in. I'm having trouble as well. Okay, because I you the whole thing was just mumbled. The whole thing was so, just okay. Mumbled. And now I'm getting now I'm getting feedback on my own voice. This is great. So I sat there for the last 48 hours. I've been sitting in the last 48 hours, trying not to read everything, trying not to listen to everything, trying not to watch everything. And I'm sitting there in a state of shock. And Seth and I had this conversation last night as to this is the first athlete, this is the first real athlete that has passed away that we've seen his entire career, his or her entire career. And it just takes you a little by shock. Kobe's four, Kobe was 41 years old. Seth and I are both 43 years old. So you're kind of, this is a guy we literally grew up with. This is a guy that we watched grow from, from 19 years old, win five championships, and become... I don't care if you want to call him a top 10 player of all time, top 15 player of all time, top 20 player of all time. One of the top players of all time. And he had so much going on outside of basketball, he pretty much just left basketball behind, which was great because you see players struggle with that. And I just sat there in a state of shock for definitely for an hour. I turned off the TV and just sat there. And didn't know what to do. And there are very, very few times in my life I have just sat without something to do. Uh, I think Robin Williams was one of those. When he passed away, I sat on a, on a park bench. And when the Challenger, nope, not the Challenger, when Discovery exploded, I was in my car and I shut off the engine and just sat there. But there are very few times in my life where I have been total silence, shut it all off, and just was preoccupied in my thoughts. And I'm not sure why that was. I didn't know Kobe Bryant. I've never met the man, um, obviously a sports legend, an NBA legend. But it just took me a little it took me by shock, but it felt like a little bit deeper than some of those other players or people that had passed away. Yeah. Seth, I, I know mean, you're back on. Yeah. So, to me, it was a little different. Um, you were the one who called me originally. I don't know if you said that. I was on the Paladin. And... I didn't have the time to really go into shock on it. I mean, because within 15 minutes, I was watching my kids again. Uh, my wife, my mother-in-law, neither of whom I would consider exactly sports aficionados. Both, I mean, everyone knows Kobe. The re- and as the day went by, it became a little bit tougher and tougher for me to swallow. And I think that's what it's been with all celebrities over the years. 
that have died unexpectedly. Williams, as you mentioned, Tom Petty, for me. Um, I think the issue that we see this as, more than anything else, is he's the first great player of our generation to die of something that was not of his own volition. There was no drugs, there was no alcohol, there was no... This was just someone in the prime of his life, obviously not in the prime of his basketball career, but someone who seemed to really have transitioned from being an immature kid that we saw him as as we were growing up. Because as he said, he was two years younger than us, so when he shot his three air balls in the uh, 97 Western Conference Finals against Utah, we were freshmen in college. To, you know, to, a, to someone who had won an Academy Award and had done, you know, it was was going to be a massive spokesman, not just for the NBA, but more so for women's sports, with his daughters, both the oldest one who plays volleyball and his, the, the middle one, G, who was tragically on the helicopter when he died. But think about it, even he was of our era, he was of our age, you know, even Jordan, we saw really from the beginning but how much of your first three or four years of Jordan do you remember 84, 85, 86 I remember when he put down 63 against the Celtics in the uh, first round of the playoffs in 86 but I don't remember much more of that we saw Kobe from the beginning to the end while we were in a similar time frame so he was in someone who died in the same time frame as us who lived in the same time frame as us we grew up with him just as he grew up with us for lack of a better term and we've never seen the athlete of his prime die in a way like this, at this level. The closest I can think of is Roberto Clemente, who died at, what was it, 38, 39 uh, in 1973. But as great as Roberto Clemente was, he was not, him to baseball was not quite Kobe Bryant to basketball. Great player, yes. Hall of Famer, yes. Pantheon, you know, top level of the Pantheon? Eh, probably not. So, and more than anything else, Kobe kind of personified what personified L.A. And he was he was L.A. the last 20 years because when you look through L.A. sports, their football wasn't great. Their baseball was good, was very good, but there was no championships. And the hockey, you know, they won championships, but the hockey is not basketball. L.A. is a basketball town, and no one has personified that more in the last 20 years than Kobe Bryant. That's why it's so hard for us to accept. You know, it's funny. There are two two things, to, three things that I'm thinking about. Number one, Clemente. Maybe not to us. Right? And Kobe is a Kobe is a worldwide brand, and that's part yeah. of the timing of it all, right? Clemente, not a worldwide brand, but certainly to Puerto Ricans, it was probably worse than Kobe because he was one of them. And I'm not saying them us. That's not where I'm going with this. There, there is no distinction today in in my mind. Right. But back then, there was a very big distinction. And I think that has something to do. I, I think Clemente is one thing. And, 
it's funny you brought up hockey. Well, you brought up two more things. Hockey, the first athlete that I remember passing away was Pelly Lindbergh, <laughs> who was the 1982, 83, 82, 83. I mean, maybe maybe later than that, 87. I don't. I, I'm in the, it, it, so Pelly Lindbergh was an all-star goal. I mean, for the Flyers. And he drove yeah. his car into a wall. Drunk driver drove his car into the wall. The next guy was Jonathan Petrovich. Yes. And cut down in his prime, right? Absolutely in his prime. Yes. yes. But not, definitely not. But again, this is this is where I say maybe more to other people than it was to us because to international basketball fans and to international people from Europe, I'm sure Drazen hit a lot worse than you and I. And you were a Nets fan, and I'm sure it hit you. I was a Nets fan. It did. Yeah, but uh, not, you're forget you, but you, are not, for, you are forgetting you're feeling one in between. Who am I forgetting? Think of my college. Think of my college. Oh, Len Bias? Yeah. You see, I don't see Len Bias in the same way. Maybe because he was in college. Well, he wasn't. He was out of college. Check out the 30 for 30 on Bias. It's incredible. I have. I've seen it. I've seen it. He was, now, again, different. But you brought up Kelly Lindbergh. To me, I mean, I remember it. Do I have any? But to me, bias, you know, kind of personified the, well, you know, draw, yeah, the whole thing with cocaine. Well, if we could kill Lenny Bias. I mean, Lenny Bias was 6'8", 240, with about a 2% body fat. Yep. If, if that could do it to Len Bias, it could certainly do a lot more to my pudgy butt. So, I mean, you know, that one was an eye-opener, and obviously having been a Maryland fan from my mom going there and then eventually attending Maryland, it is, there has always been, that has always sat there, both in Maryland and up in these, up in Boston, where he was expected to be kind of the next, to, to help Larry and Kevin McHale go to the next, you know, keep Boston in prominence, along with the tragic death, ironically, of Reggie Lewis, um, to keep them prominent through the Jordan era. Obviously, they didn't. It took a huge tumble back. Yeah, it's. And you asked me what the first memory I have with Jordan was. First memory of Jordan was that he broke his foot and he had to sit out the All Star game. That was my first memory. It wasn't his rookie year. It was his second year, where he broke his foot. Right. Right. Am I correct yeah. on that? That's the. Yeah. I don't remember Jordan as a rookie in '83. I don't at all. Eighty four. Not one bit. I don't either. Eighty four. Not neither. Not one bit. But I do remember him sitting on the bench in the All Star game, at the All Star game with a broken foot. I believe that was right. my first memory of Michael Jordan, and the fact that I okay. could never afford his shoes. <laughs> Ever. But even eighty six, eighty seven, we're ten years old. We remember it, certain things. 
as I said, I remember the Jordan Bird, the Jordan Boston game in '86. I remember yep. certain things about Chicago in '87 and '88 trying to beat out Detroit, but I don't have the recollection of that that I do of Kobe when he started his career in '97. Oh no. No, I mean, look, my favorite player, my favorite player from high school into college was Kevin Garnett, who grew up with us. He is our age. And I have always been a Garnett fan for that very reason. He is our age, he did it all, and he played with intensity, and that was it. I'd like to talk a little bit about how attitudes towards Kobe changed. Because Kobe was the villain for most of his career. Certainly to me, he was yeah. the villain. He was the one that broke up Shaq. He's the one that broke up the Lakers. He's the one that pissed off Phil Jackson. He's the one that broke up a dynasty. He's the one that pissed off the Lakers so much that by saying, I'm going to go to the Clippers, he never, I believe, ever thought he was going to do that. But he definitely put it out in the media that he was going to do that. He was the villain for probably the first 18 years of his career. He was the villain. And then he got hurt. And then he became the hero. And there aren't many players that have done that. And, in fact, I think Garnett did the opposite. But I think uh, there aren't many players that have been able to switch from being the ultimate villain to the ultimate hero. And can you think of any others that, I mean, that have been able to do that? I have to think about it. Um, the problem was, there was always, there was always something with Kobe. I mean, All right, if you're on speaker, you need yeah, to pick was, up the phone because you're. Try again. Better now. Huh? You better now. Can no, you hear me better? Not now? at all. Yes, now we can. Try again. Yep. Hello. I'm here. I'm just having sure. Okay. I can, I can't now I can hear you. Okay. Now I can't hear you. Okay, we can't hear you anymore. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with your phone, but we, we can't hear we can't hear a word you're saying. Not at all. Nothing's coming through. I can I can think of people. I can think of things. I can think of people calling the opposite direction. Like okay, I still that. can't hear anything you're saying. How can you make? I don't know. I have no idea, but I cannot hear a word you're saying, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to call in and verify the fact that. We can't hear anything Seth is saying. Please do such. Because I can't be the only one here. I can't be the only one that's not hearing people. I'm going to call you directly. You want to try? Would that be better? 
Okay, now you're good. Try that right there. Okay. So yes, go. I don't have anyone. I I don't have anyone off the top of my head. But Kobe, I don't know if Kobe became. Kobe was always beloved by the players for his toughness and that his work, that ridiculous work ethic. But he, he, you know, even when he came back, he kind of ruined the Lakers the last two years by not by not really kind of helping at all by not taking any kind of pay cuts. So their team was crap. I mean, it's you know you have Denver, you have the Kobe Shaq dilemma. It's such a until he retired. And then, you know, this is a guy who was always extraordinarily intelligent, extraordinarily articulate, and someone who just seemed, unlike most professional athletes, that once he was done, he was good. He was done. And moved on to bigger and better things. I mean, maybe not bigger and better, but on to other things without the, the, the thought of people coming, a thought of returning or automatically going into basketball. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but most people who have been, whose entire life is in basketball for the last 25 years, you would assume that's where they would, where they would end up. And most teams he's involved dealing with his daughter's team in his sports academy. It's been, it's, it's, a, it's fascinating. It's just not a nice way to put it, but it's really what it is. Yeah, I don't know. So what's interesting is that he's been retired five years, and I know this took you by surprise last night because to recap our yeah, conversation, last night I called Seth and we talked about what we were going to talk about on the show in addition to Kobe, and Seth remarked, well, they're going to waive the, the Hall of Fame requirement and he's going to come in this year. I go, well, he's eligible this year. Like, he's been retired five years. He and Duncan and Garnett have all been retired five years, which to me is insane. Like, to think that they've been out of the game for five years. It does not seem that long. But at the same time, Duncan is back on the bench. Now, Duncan's back on the bench for Popovich. I'm not really sure he'd be back on the bench for anybody else. So maybe this is just a Popovich thing. Garnett is nowhere to be found. But I didn't expect Garnett to be anywhere to be found, quite frankly. I mean, Bill Simmons calls this, are you, are you going to be a Barkley? Are you, I, I don't, he, in his book of basketball stuff, he says, are you Barkley or Havlicek? Barkley or Hondo? And Barkley is the guy like Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller is a Barkley, right? He's, He's broadcasting yep. nonstop. And Duncan is a Barkley. He's in the game. And Garnett and Kobe Garnett. were. What's that? Well, Garnett actually does the Tuesday night. Does some stuff. Okay, can't hear you. He does some TNT. He does some TNT. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't listen to a lot. I don't, I don't watch a lot of NBA. So, he does he does TNT? From time to time. There's, there's a lounge that's him and uh, Baron Davis. 
I don't think I watch a lot of it, but I see it. I see it on from time to time. Okay, so maybe Garnett's like half a Hondo, half a Barkley, but Kobe was definitely a Hondo. I mean, he got out of the game. He he was still in the limelight, but he was only in the limelight, in my opinion, because other people brought him into the limelight. He didn't make it himself. Like, he was in the limelight the last week because um, because LeBron passed him in the, in the scoring, right? So he's been in the limelight for that. But other Sean, than that, Sean, do you we remember? Have, Sean, we have, a, we have a caller that we haven't had for a couple of years. Simon? Okay, hold on. Who is it? I'll let him introduce Ryan Berger, basketball lifer. In scenarios like like what's been going on with everything going on, and I've been floored and gutted, uh, the the yarmulke comes off and the seriousness uh, comes to fruition. Ryan, I do have a question for you before we start. Hold on, hold on. I do have a question. Have you been able to hear Seth the entire time? It's 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 been in and out uh, here and there, in and out, similar to uh, you know. Okay. What's that? Okay. Ryan, the floor is yours. Uh, You know the the. Well, the story is completely gutting. Um, you know, as Seth knows, uh, I'm a basketball lifer. Grew up playing, uh, played in a very high-profile AAU program, and specifically what some are calling the best AAU team in the history of AAU, which included Vince Carter, Kobe, Tim Thomas, uh, John Celestan, many others, myself. And uh, you know, we've got a lot of stories, Kobe lived in the town next to my wife and they played high school basketball together and her friends against him. And, uh, uh, now I, after playing in college and graduating, I, I coach my son who's the point guard on the sixth grade travel basketball team in town. And my daughter plays in the third grade. And, uh, you know, my, my father played in Brooklyn for Lincoln. He's the best point guard to come out of Lincoln except for Stefan Marbury. Sebastian Telfair, my brother played. So we're basketball lifers, and you know the texting and the stories have been nonstop in the past sort of three days since around 11:30 on Sunday morning when I was headed to the Wayne PAL for a, uh, a travel <laughs> basketball game, which is you know a whole other story. Uh, and as I sort of got in my car, received the you know the brutal blow and, and news, and. Uh, and it's devastating, devastating to the world, devastating to you know basketball lifers, devastating to people like me who give their life to kids and basketball and coaching and certainly you know, to girls' basketball. So I've taken this really hard, uh, have been following it every step of the way, um, and just, you know, I'm really, really, really gutted. Um, 
I'm headed to Chicago to take my son to the NBA All-Star Game. We're, we're guests of the NBA in two and a half weeks to Chicago. And what was so exciting and celebratory and uh, still should be is obviously going to be a really solemn, sad weekend with the losses of you know Bryant and obviously you know, David Stern as well. So so you guys were lighting up the show and firing it up a little bit and uh, thought I might be able to add some color or some thoughts and uh, always interested in uh, in talking sports. Yeah, Ryan, I didn't know well, you played. You I didn't know Kobe was on that team. I knew you played so, with Vince and Tracy. I didn't know Kobe was involved. So Kobe, you know, we we were a team out of North Jersey uh, at the time called, you know, the Adidas Players, which is now the Players. Um, Kobe and Tim. Tim was number two in that class. Lester Earl was number three. Lester's kid is now a freshman at Michigan and plays for them. And uh, and Kobe was one. And uh, it was a great great uh, Facebook post that I put on my story today from John Celestan, who you may or may not remember. He's a point guard out of New Jersey. He went to Villanova as well, and he's now a yeah, color guy. And he just told the story how he was in a room he, he was in a room with Tim and Vince Carter. We also had Kevin Freeman on the team who played for UConn, Donald Hand who UConn, played for Virginia. Sure. And uh, Celestan was in the room with Tim and Vince, and this guy walked in, and Celestan said, who are you? And the kid said, I'm the best player in the country. And Celestan said, what are you talking about? I'm sitting next to Vince Carter and Tim. And he goes, no, I'm the best player. And that, and they didn't, he didn't really know who he was. And then that night he came out and dropped 50 in an AAU game. Uh, <laughs> there's just stories after stories of his work ethic. You know, the story I heard this morning where he was met a shooting coach and was supposed to uh, – the shooting coach had a flight at nine, and Kobe said, "I'll do anything to see you." And the guy said, "Well, I'm nine. No, Kobe's 17 years old. Kobe's on me at the gym at six. The guy says, "Fine," thinking he'll never be there. He's 17 years old. He gets to the gym. Kobe's been there since 5:15, soaked. Uh, the work ethic, the dedication, uh, in everything he did was just, you know, epic. And uh, it's just, you know, incredible the, the life that he lived, 41 years old, and how he only lived half a life because everything that he was does does so passionately and so um so correctly unfortunately the biggest inc- the biggest challenge and the biggest idiot 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 aspect of it is that he lived on a helicopter and you could be on a helicopter a thousand times and be safe but there's that one time that something could happen and uh and obviously it did yeah i i actually yeah, heard a story similar Seth, hold on. But I don't have a problem with him on the helicopter. For the same reason that I don't have a problem with anybody driving. I mean, the point that he has made, or he made several times, is he was on a helicopter so he could spend more time with his family. It was just an easier way. Backwards and back and forth in 20 minutes, as opposed to back and forth in an hour. And I saw an interview a couple yeah. of days ago where, where he said that that allowed me to pick up my kids at school. I, there's very right. little. It also allowed him, but it, but it, but that's an incorrect statement that he made because it, at the time you're it's true, but now he's now gone. So all the time he would spend with his kids from 41 to 90 years old are now eliminated because of that. So you're right. When you're in, when you think you're invincible, and my parents' best friends died last year. They own the Hamptons. They own everything about the Hamptons. Some of the wealthiest people in the Northeast. They're plane, helicopters, they take it to Nantucket, they come back, it's foggy. 
when there's something fucks up on a helicopter, there's nowhere to go. You can't pull over like a car right, when you have an issue. So I understand the ease of it. I totally understand. And, and you know, people take it to Atlantic City, take it to the Hamptons from here, take it to you could do things to see your kids and you could train. I get it. But Sunday morning, with an hour and forty minute drive in a in, with a driver and a custom Mercedes, and I'm, I'm and to take okay. a helicopter and put other kids and families in that helicopter. And then to make a decision to take off at a time in which every other helicopter and plane was grounded in L.A. gives you this sort of invincible feeling like nothing could happen to you. And that's the sad part here is not only you lose him, but eight other people on a decision to take a helicopter when you can take a car on a Sunday, how bad of the traffic could have been. So those are the things that really annoy me. Do I understand? I understand why you did it for the first 25 years, and I understand back and forth in the Staples every day. I get it. But that day... With the weather and the time, it just it just doesn't add up. I get it. Okay, I, uh, I get your point. I, so I, I we got understand. about twenty minutes left. I, I I we got about twenty minutes left. Um, so Ryan, we we got your stories about Kobe. What is the one takeaway that you, in in all in all your basketball years? Mm-hmm. What's the one image that you have of him? And then we got to move on to the Super Bowl. So I, I, I we got 20 minutes left. Oh, there's so a game. There's a, there's, I didn't realize there was a game. There's a game this weekend. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Kobe. Uh, you know, a lot of people will talk about his strength, the Achilles. I, I did my Achilles as well, and people think about how he made those foul shots. To me, like when you have a, a kill, you rupture your Achilles, it's actually not that painful. It's the, it's the surgery and the recovery after. So limping to the line and being able to make those, you know, while some can't believe it, that that doesn't really do. You know, the, 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 what Kobe was about more than anything else, more than any player I've ever seen in my 43 years of watching basketball is he he wanted to win. And he, the stuff that you see in the league today where guys come out and they hug each other and kiss each other and and, and, and friends and friends, and friends. He, didn't, he wasn't interested in that. And the, the takeaway I had is at the Olympics that he went to, he loved going to practice so he could find the weaknesses of the kids, of the guys on the team and then bring it, explore those weaknesses the following year in, in the regular season. He had this incredible cutthroat, no friends on the court situation, and then off the court knew how to get into your head, similar to MJ, but the modern day aspect of MJ. Um, We watched Kobe differently. He came into our lives as email on the internet did. We watched him when he was 17 as a teenager. I'm sure you guys remember that first round. I told my son about it last night in Utah. Where he I just brought it up. I brought it up 15 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, 18, 19 years old, shooting shots, shooting air balls from three. But the confidence that the, they were better off with the ball in his hands than everybody else at that age. And we watched him grow from a teenager to a bad teammate, into a good teammate, into a global icon, into a champion, into a coach, into you know, Byron Scott played with him, and Byron Scott coached him. He had all these different sort of things over the 20 years you know, that, he, that he played, and, and we got to all watch it. But the thing that I always take away from him is the cutthroat winning, the do anything to win. The, I, you know, someone said it the other day, and it's great. Jordan, when you think of Jordan, you think of Kerr. You think of Pippen. You think of Rodman. You think of the guys that were around Jordan. 
besides Shaq, and if you even just remove Shaq or even Gasol, Kobe, you don't think of anybody. He's Kobe. He 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 wanted to do it on his own. Yeah, he had Fish and Sky and all the other guys, but at the end of the day, he 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 wanted the ball. He wanted to to win, and he would do anything to win. And uh, he had his daughter on that path. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we'll never see you know either of those things again. Thanks for letting me call in, guys. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Right. I really appreciate it. So. Damn. That was Ryan the Rabbi, ladies and gentlemen. That that was that was a good spot. Definitely a good spot. Um I find it interesting that while Kobe, yes, Kobe was Kobe. We don't know Kobe as the guy that made the big shots in the playoffs. That's big shot Rob. <laughs> and that's not to take away from Kobe Bryant. It just seems like in those spots it maybe it was because he was double or triple teamed. But it wasn't Big Shot Kobe. It's Big Shot Rob, right? Yeah, I mean, Corey, well, Corey's legendary for his, for it. I remember he hit one against the Suns. And I remember he won a, an MVP against the Celtics where I thought he was awful. Um, in the 2010, I believe, final. But, look, at the end of the day, Ryan is right. He is known, he is known, more as the most cutthroat competitor on a basketball court and for his work ethic more than anyone I've ever seen. And the story I heard on, on NBA TV, I, NBA radio this morning, I can't quote who it was from, but that Ben Gordon, him shooting a spot with Ben Gordon, played at UConn and had, a, had an okay career. Um, and they were, were leaving for a flight, I think the next day or something, and he had to, and he said, you know what? He said, I want to train with you. I want to learn from you. He said, fine, I'll see you at 6. He goes, 6 p.m. today? He goes, no, 6 a.m. You know, that morning before the, t- the taping. And I don't think Gordon, and Gordon was like, Gordon's response was, you've got to be joking. He said, no. He goes, I work out in the morning, I work out at night. That's how this works. And that's why Ben Gordon was, and I, look, I could be off a little bit on it, but that's why Ben Gordon was Ben Gordon and why Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant and goes down as the second or third best shooting guard of all time. And, or first, I guess, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't know, I don't know too many people who'd put him over Michael, but you know, it's not an unreasonable argument. No, there, there was something, two things. First of all, Ben Gordon made like $70 million. So it's not that bad to be Ben Gordon. And he, um, right, but he was not a great professional basketball player. No, I get that. I get that. And the, but the other thing is somebody said this, I think it was sports t- Sportsnet TV. You will never get an argument to put Kobe Bryant in the discussion. That's sure. the that's the legacy that he leaves. Is that if you want to say Kobe Bryant was the best player of all time, you're not going to get laughed out of the room. He's in the discussion. He to me he's not. To you, he's not. I know this. To most people, he's not. But you're not gonna. You're not gonna say it's John Havlicek, right? John Havlicek would be laughed out of the room. Kobe's not laughed out of the room. He's in the. He. he he's not my choice. But you want to make that argument? I'm game. Let Let's go. So let we yeah. we got 14 minutes. Uh, first of all, to to. 
to settle something that I brought up earlier. Joe Montana won how many Super Bowls with the Niners? Four or three? I believe he won three. 81, 81, 89, 80. and 83? No, no, no. I'm wrong. He won four. He won 81 against the Bengals, 85 against the Dolphins, 88 against the Bengals, and 89 against the Broncos. I forgot the – wait, 89 was not Steve Young? No. Steve Young only won one, and he won 93 against the Chargers or 94 against the Chargers or whatever. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I have Seth Cavins on the show. Seriously, because I said three. <laughs> I said it could have been five. I wasn't sure, but I knew you would know exactly which one they were. Okay, so we have a game on Sunday. We, we do. The Joe Montana Bowl as a – and or the or the Steve DeBerg the Chiefs. The Steve DeBerg ball. Yeah, he played for both teams. That works also. Yeah, he did. I'm sure. I'm sure there. Well, D Ford played for both teams too. It could be the D Ford ball. Except he's still but, playing, so it doesn't work quite as well. Fair enough. I am. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Um. I, I I don't really uh, – look, the spread, I believe, is one. So, it's a pick em Yeah, game. it's a pick em. Uh, Settle down out, at Tyree Hill. Oh, well, there's a first for everything. I set up – it is possible I don't have cell phone reception. So, <laughs> it is um, – I'm picking Sam Kelsey. I have no idea what you just said. Awesome. Now we know what each other feels <laughs> like. Okay. Yep. Well, I think that they no, will I, not I be able to know. stop Kelsey. Okay. Okay. I don't think they'll be able to stop Kelsey. I'm taking Sam Fran uh, 24 I, to 20. I thought you just said you're taking Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City, 24-20. Excuse me. Kansas City, 24-20. I am rooting for Kansas City. I think it's going to be San Francisco. Um, Why? I feel like I was about to get there. Because I look at the Kansas City, and Kansas City has the best player on the field. Potentially the best two players on the field, with Tyreek Hill or with Kelsey, for that matter. Kelsey and but the offensive defensive lines are San Francisco. I think the game will be close. I think it'll be relatively high scoring. I'm not convinced Kansas City can stop San Francisco. And that seems ridiculous to me. No one's even heard of Mostert until about six weeks ago when half of us picked him up for our fantasy league final. But he was magnificent against Green Bay. Garoppolo can throw the ball. They just haven't had to have him do it. I think we're looking around 31-28. I think this is going to be really, really good. And I really hope I'm wrong. That's an entertaining game. That's an entertaining game. I I, I would be very happy to see a game like that. Um, I really would. But my question is to you, 
31 points means they're going to be throwing the ball. I can't see them running the ball that much and no, I think they're going to and scoring that much. He's going to put seven. He's going to put seven or eight in the box. And I think San Francisco is going to throw the ball. And look, we've seen Garoppolo throw the ball. Forget the last two games because Mostert was averaging seven yards a run. We've seen him throw for 300 yards against the Saints, who are a quality defense. The thing about Shanahan's teams is they adjust. You know, that's something we didn't see Sean McVay do in the Super Bowl last year. And we don't see a lot of coaches who are able to deal with that. He can adjust to what the defense gives him. I think he will. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see, I want to see Andy Reid win a title. I want to see Kansas City after 50 years and so many close, so many good teams that couldn't do it. I'd like to see them win it. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's, I really think it's a 50-50 game. Um, but my gut says, because I've gone against San Francisco against Minnesota. I've gone against them with Green Bay. And Green Bay, I think I should have known better. Um I'm just not apt to go against them three times to be proven wrong three times in a row. <laughs> well, that's one way of thinking about it. So yeah. who's who's the MVP? Is it is it Jimmy G? I'm going to give the MVP to an all-time Seth and Sean favorite, just for shits and giggles. Emmanuel Sanders. I'm giving it to Emmanuel. I'm giving it to Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> yes. That is fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. But here's here's my here's my rub. I'm giving it to this I'm giving it to a Seth and Sean favorite as well. But it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. We seem to love tight ends. I, I, I we just love the position. It it is You do tremendous. realize Emmanuel Sanders is not a tight end, right? I do. I also I, I, I 100% do. I would like your, your your take now that we've spent, what, three minutes on the biggest game of the year. Um, so the Giants have done something strange, at least strange to me. And yeah, they, they've hired five ex, ex-coaches, ex-head coaches? No, they, fired, they hired Jason Garrett as, a, as, as their offensive coordinator. I, I'm I'm struggling to see how how this works for Jason Garrett what, or for the Giants. Oh, I get how Jason Garrett works. He needed a job. I don't get how it works in the Giants. Are they just going to use Ezekiel Elliott's game plan? He was. What are you talking? He was a successful offensive coordinator for years with Dallas, which is what got him in in the first place, and. The one thing that Judge said was, and it's been interesting to see who he's brought in, is he wanted ex-head coaches surrounding him since he hasn't done it before. So as far as I can tell, he's brought in two professional head coaches, Freddie Kinchin, uh, after one year of whatever you want to call it in Cleveland, is the tight ends coach, and two, rel- and two relatively two guys who coached high-end college football Brett Bielsma and Derek Dooley. Um, I have no idea how it'll play out, but I'm confused by everything. Like, right now, if I'm the Giants, 
I am just wait. I am just weighing all these trade offers right now. That is all I am thinking about. Because with Der- with with Rivers not coming back, and apparently that was announced, I guess today. You have my. Wait, you have who's not a, coming? A charge, Philip Rivers, which we assume. Oh. Yeah, but. You have the Chargers at at five. You have the Miami, the Dolphins at six. Both me or Dolphins at five and Chargers at six. Carolina at eight or nine. This is why I really don't like Dave Gettleman. Because this is you trade this pick. You trade it out to seven or eight. You take a Jerry Judy, Andrew Thomas, or one of the or a defensive. There is this such a deep draft. This is a no brainer. Me. But not going to. It's yeah, but he's just going to sit wall. there and take the best. He's going to yeah, take the best. Could drive me up a wall. Him and Derek. Him and and the results of Derek Brown. The the yeah. history behind Fantastic. Derek Brown. Fantastic. Hey, he's from the uh, he's from the George Young School, and George Young was just elected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, except. He's not George Young. Nice in theory, but not in practicality. So five minutes left. Uh, Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go? Because I am in the middle of South Carolina right now. No, you can go. All right. So I think the thing that got me about Kobe Bryant and – I think Ryan touched on this a little bit, but it was something I wanted to leave to the last five. Is that Seth and I are 43 years old, and I have jumped off buildings. I have jumped out of airplanes. I have done everything humanly imaginable to risk my neck that could come back to bite me. I've fallen off of ATVs. And part of that is because, quite frankly, I don't believe anything's ever going to happen to me. I think I'm going to live till I'm a ripe old age, and I am, oh, well, I just got to Clemson University. Um, I'm going to live to a ripe old age, and I'll be fine. And nothing's ever going to hit me. Nothing's going to hurt me. And I went to a doctor today who told me that probably the back pain that I have will probably be with me the rest of my life. He said that this afternoon. And it was a gut shot. It was a shot to my... It, it, it brought me down. And then he even better, though. He goes, how many people in your, at your age work out like you, are able to do what you can do with the, with the, at the time that you can do it? And it brought me back up to to level. It brought me, all right, I'm going to this game tonight. I'm going to enjoy myself. If nothing else, what the demise or the passing of Kobe Kobe Bryant should do is to make you realize what you do have. And I have full functioning of my legs, my arms, my brain. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, Seth, you got about a minute. Sorry, I took a little bit longer than I thought. 
that's fine. And I'm not sure about the functioning of your brain, but I, I get the, I get the point. Um, yeah, I, I've, flying. I've been, <laughs> I've been somewhat banned on a lot. Of, although I've done a lot of these, um, it is a little different also when you have kids and I, I apparently had been banned from going on private planes before this. Cause my wife is definitely afraid of them. Um, I, I've done it before, but that's kind of, it's not going to happen anytime in the near future. It's been stated a thousand times yep. and there's nothing I'm going to say. that's new. He'll be missed as an athlete. He'll be missed as a person. And it doesn't mean he was perfect because he wasn't. But he was we want it's it's the first of our era to go. And it's hard for someone of forty three who is two days older than my than my radio partner and who um I compare it to almost my dad watching Mantle die. Although, except that was expected. This is the first of our era, and it's hard. And we thank, I guess we thank him for the memories, and Mamba out. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.